Hello, I'm Karen Hardwick, and in addition to being a clinically and spiritually trained therapist, I am a leadership consultant. As a result of my work and my own messy and beautiful journey, I know that connection is the antidote. On this podcast, I talk with people, leaders from all walks of life, who embody connection to self, to amazing grace and as a result to others. My guests are those who bravely choose true connection, even as they walk through some hard times. They hold their stories and the stories of others lightly and lovingly with authenticity and grace, empathy and gratitude. They are the ones awakening, broken wide open into wholeness. We are all recovering from something and the sharing of our stories is all about connection not perfection. I have a chair here just for you. We are saving you a seat. Don't miss today's episode of Saving You a Seat as Sherry Young, author of The Relapse Roller Coaster, and I dive deep into the true power of connection to self and others and our higher powers and how that connection to the universe can truly change our lives and deepen our recovery, for we're all recovering from something. Hey everyone, welcome to Saving You a Seat. I am here with my friend, Sherry Young, author of Relapse Roller Coaster, Alcoholic Delusion to Spiritual Clarity, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. Sherry has struggled with her relationship to alcohol throughout her life, including 40 years of executive experience in the worlds of politics, public service, and business. Despite a strong belief in the God of her understanding, she continued to search for the strength to control her drinking on her own. Ultimately, Sherry's answers about alcohol and alcohol abuse led her to confront the hard truth about who she truly was, someone who was addicted to alcohol, and now she strives every day to nourish and grow her spiritual connection to her higher power and deepen her understanding of the divine presence in her life. I just can't wait to turn this over to Sherry. So Sherry, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Karen. I'm just so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So listen, you know, we have many listeners who tune in who are leaders in a corporate environment. What would you say to them about the presence of substance use disorder in workplaces? Like, how does that show up? Is it present? What do you think? What what might leaders have to be thinking about in terms of all this? I think people who have a tendency to abuse any kind of substance in a corporate environment need to be really careful of their feelings, first of all, because um, emotional feelings such as anger, resentment, jealousy, if you have any fear in your heart in that environment, that's going to come out and probably lead you to drink because you don't have that grounding, that spiritual connection. And I think I've actually heard you talk about something that I I struggled with because I was not connected to my higher power as, you know, in the workplace, 
my job or my title became my higher power. And so it became very easy for me to imagine I was being mistreated. Sometimes that was real. Sometimes it wasn't. And of course, not getting my own way, my ego having my own way in the workplace, I would go home with stress, anxiety, all these crazy stories because, you know, alcoholism is a disease of delusion and I was full-blown alcoholic delusion and I would imagine these stories and these things, which just an incestuous um, cycle. Yeah. The other side of it, though, is that when you have a spiritual awakening and you have a moment of spiritual clarity and have a rock bottom moment, I don't wish a rock bottom moment on anyone, but I do wish a spiritual awakening moment (laughs) because when I reach my rock bottom um, and I realize that my higher power was my job and myself and not the God of my understanding. So it was only through that desperation of completely opening my heart to the universe and saying, if you are out there, now this is a church girl here, (laughs) and I'm going, if you're out there, I surrender everything. I surrender. And you know, who am I, right? As an executive or as a person, who am I? And so in my rock bottom moment, I stripped away my titles, my degrees, my work experience, like everything, and was just left, you know, this little amoeba. And I realized for the first time in my 60-year journey, I was actually looking at myself. And it was only through surrendering to the God of my understanding and the universe that I actually saw myself in the true essence of me. And it wasn't, I didn't find it in a boardroom. I found it actually in my bedroom, on my knees, with my dogs. (laughs) Yeah, well, of course, your dogs are always there. Um, You know, Sherry, as you were talking, what I was thinking about, yeah, you didn't find it in the boardroom, your title, your salary, all of those outside accolades were really not enough. I had an executive tell me a number of months ago that how they describe themselves to themselves is they feel hollow. They feel empty. They feel disconnected. And this is someone on private jets. This is someone who has a very public persona. This is somebody who from the outside looks like they have all that one would want to feel happy. And so one of my concerns about executives these days, whether they have an alcohol or a drug problem or not, is there's still this tremendous disconnection to self. And of course, if you have a substance abuse disorder, that is exacerbated in spades. But it's not just about people who have substance use disorders. We can be addicted to the work. We can be addicted to approval, to relationships, to lots of other things. Yeah. So true. I mean, I chased the bright, shiny objects trying to find myself on the outside, you know, politics, money, titles, whatever, education. And I was completely empty inside. I was miserable. I felt um, like I was an, an imposter. And people would come and go, oh, you know, you're this political fixer, or, you know, you can, you know, create this company, or you, you know, can do this in government, whatever. I always had people defining who I was instead of myself. 
And it was only so grateful for being an alcoholic. And I am so grateful for the disease of alcoholism because it is what opened my eyes. I now know that I am wired for connection. I am born to have a spiritual connection. When I go out in nature and I live in in Calgary, in Canada, near the Rocky Mountains, when I'm out there in the mountains, I feel the energy of my creator and of creation and of love. And that's what I was missing before. I was so, so empty and I was lost. But now I am connected to my higher power. And now when I go to work or when I go (laughs) get behind the wheel (laughs) and somebody ticks me off by cutting me off or I'm in the grocery store or whatever, I am aware I am a spiritual being having a human experience. And it's my job because I know this. And there's accountability with being awake and being, you know, having the God of creation living in your heart and your soul alive to shoot love to people instead of, you know, I choose now to shoot love at people. If they're mean, to have the grace to understand and that the compassion. But, you know, you are, I love your book. The compassion starts with us. We have to have that self-compassion. And you can't lead from a place of fear and hurt. You have to have love for yourself and that compassion for yourself. And that's hard work. Doing the work is hard. And saying you don't know it all, because as a leader, people expect you to know it all. And to leave it, you know, you get, because you're vulnerable, because, you know, you open up your heart and you show that, you know, you're just a human, you know, spiritual being, that a human being at the same time. And just being, you know, vulnerable, I think you have way more credibility and more power. And you become fearless. You got to let go of the fear to become fearless, especially as a leader. So you are saying so much right now, Sherry. I mean, first of all, yeah, we are definitely wired to connect. And I do believe that connection is Mm -hmm. the antidote. Um, that, That really addiction is a disease of relationships. And it starts with ourself, Mm -hmm. the relationship to ourself and the relationship to a higher power, however people define that. And then the relationships to others. Um, And the other thing that you said that was just so really profound is we have to understand that we were put here in human school for some, right? In human school to really create a life of meaning. And so much of our hustling for approval or looking for outside validation, or as I I know a lot of executives want other people around them to give to them all day long. Like instead of thinking about what I can do for my people, a lot of leaders are thinking about what their people can do for them. And the whole paradigm shifts when we shake the kaleidoscope of organizations, we want to see patterns of humility and empathy and accountability and self-awareness. I think that drives the business metrics. We don't want to see patterns of command and control, of scapegoating, of gossiping, of having people feel like they can't be innovative because there's a scary culture. There's a fear-based culture. But until we connect with ourselves, it's really hard to be self-aware and to understand how our behaviors land on other people. So how, how has a life of recovery helped you to understand how you impact others? 
Oh, that's such a great question. Oh, just connecting with the God of my understanding and spending time in, in prayer and meditation. And every morning I light a candle and I have my coffee and my dogs and I sit there and I just sit in presence. And before where my mind would be at the work at work and, you know, who's doing what to who and, you know, what do we need to get accomplished today and all that is completely changed. It is like, okay, there's actually a divine plan for my life and it's eternal. And there's a blueprint for my life. And I find that in my soul. And now that I'm connected to my soul, I can actually become a better human being. I can become more empathetic. I can be wiser. I'm not, I'm moving to a place where the gossip piece of it and and the unforgiveness and the resentment, I don't have time for that anymore. Who's got time for that? (laughs) We have a job to get done. And so my, the whole, the whole, um, you know, my, my resume or my uh, raison d'etre, you know, for, for living and, and being a human on this earth, whether I'm at the grocery store or in the boardroom or in the executive office, there's a divine plan for my life. And I am spiritually wired to know what that plan is. And I'm supposed to be a certain person. So my paradigm is, has completely shifted from you know, the accolades and, you know, the accomplishments of this world. And it's really shifted towards who am I as a human being right now? Because I can tell you as a dry drunk (laughs) for many years, you know, sober, but not connected to have any spirituality, I was miserable. The difference now is the spiritual connection and, um, you know, my surrendering my heart to the universe, February 12th, 2022, completely changed who I am. And so now my priority is actually being present. For me, that's success. It's not my pay scale. It's not, you know, the number of companies I create. It's not whatever, you know, and I no longer put God in a box, by the way, too, in a very strict religious upbringing. For me, I see God everywhere. I see God's DNA in the mountains and my dogs and other people in the office, at the grocery store. I don't know why I keep talking about the grocery store. You must spend a lot of time in the grocery store. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I get but, it. But you know, my my whole my whole matrix for success has changed. And I know there's a divine plan for my life. And so it's my job every day to to wake up, to get connected, and to hear divine love in my soul, to hear that direction. So what are those God whispers for today? You know, maybe maybe it's calling a longtime friend and connecting, or maybe it's, you know, in my own private company doing some strategic thing, or maybe, you know, at the office it's doing something. It's my, what I want to live my life completely aligned with the universe and the God of my understanding. And that is the gift that my disease has given me. Because if I was left to my own, my ego would be running my show. And that's a disaster. It is not pretty when that happens. You know, I I have heard, I know you probably have too, that, you know, ego can stand for edging God out or and thinking thinking that we are the master of our own universe, that we are on the stage, the actor, directing everybody, orchestrating every single thing. I like to say oftentimes that I'm a recovering higher power. Like I yes. right. Like I really had to think. Oh wait a second. I I'm not in charge. 
No one wants me to be in charge. I'm not in charge. There's hardly anything I control other than my own responses. So it's that gift of desperation. When we get desperate enough, things begin to change. Whether that be as an executive, whether that be as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as somebody who's walking through the universe with a relationship to ourself, when we're sick and tired of being sick and tired, things start to change. But that's so hard because so many people, I resisted it for years myself, we don't want to admit that we're sick and tired. We keep pushing through. And sometimes it takes the car is crashing to just say, like, I'm done. I'm done fighting against life, whatever that is. I'm, I'm just done. And like, if there is something bigger than myself, then I surrender myself to that. And now, because I have that connection and I'm surrendered all the time and I know it's my accountability, you just can't have, you know, I, Sherry can't have a spiritual awakening and then forget about it. No, this is, this is an, an eternal body. My soul is, is an eternal body. So I need to pay as much attention to my soul as I do my makeup <laughs> and my body. I need to feed my soul the same way I need to feed, to feed my body. And the gift of that, Karen, is living in the zone of miracles. Because when I connect myself, and I'm not unique as anyone out there, all the 9 billion people who are on the planet who have a soul, when you align yourself with the universe and the God of your understanding, automatically your your life purpose kicks in and people places and things start arranging around you and it's those desires of your heart that are actually the blueprint for your true purpose in life and i chased it in the halls of our parliament buildings <laughs> in canada i chased it in corporate suites i chased it you know in the bars from you know coast to coast to coast here in our great country of Canada. And, and I tell you, I didn't find it anywhere. And I'm finding the, the miracle of life and the joy of life in my heart right now. And my, the joy in my heart is not based on my income, you know, my socioeconomic status, the stuff I have, you know, the places I'm going. No, it's based in me right now breathing. And that is the requirement for my primary purpose is just to, to breathe. And holy moly, man, that's where like the power of creation is. <laughs> you know, whenever I, I read parts of your book or reread parts of your book or see you on social media, clearly that is your message, that the peace that you have, that the connection that you have to the universe, to the God of your understanding is something you want everybody to have because it's such a different way I of don't mean to be bossy <laughs> well you're not being bossy I just want everyone to be as happy as I am <laughs> yeah that whole inner peace that for years and years went missing yes it eluded me for sure yeah well where can our listeners find you and you know where could they just kind of tap into what you have to offer tell us so it's surthrive.life so it's S-U-R-T-H-R-I-V-E dot life on our website. Go there and there's the podcast, our academy. We just launched a 12-month masterclass course. I'm bringing people 
from where they are disconnected to discovering their true selves through connection and then their life purpose. It's a 12 months master course. And in the academy, we're going to have all kinds of short courses to help people survive and thrive in life. And that's so exciting. So I'm on Instagram at surthrivelife.life, TikTok, Twitter, you know, everywhere. I love, love, love the word thrive. It's so much more than just survive, right? Like you're- We're going to thrive with elegance, you and me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. That sure beats thriving with whatever the opposite of elegance is, right? Sign me up yeah. for elegance. <laughs> That's what I want. Okay. Thank you, Sherry, for being here at the table. And I'm so glad that we had this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Your listening means so much, so please hit the subscribe button and join us for the next episode. To tune into the power of connection and transform your life at home and at work, please also get my book, The Connected Leader. It is available on Amazon and all online book retailers. And visit our page, connectedleaderbook.com. Stay connected. <laughs>